the aces are in the hole. Matthew Walter was there in Las Vegas and here to tell us all about what they have to do to dig out. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there. Happy Tuesday to you. I am Howard Megdahl, founder and editor of The Next. You can follow our work over at thenexthoops.com and subscribe. And I want to thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are available wherever you get podcasts. Also on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. They're free every weekday into your years. And somebody who is here to provide Eyes and ears on what happened in Las Vegas is the great Matthew Walter, who covers the Las Vegas Aces for us at the next. We're going to talk about game one, what went wrong, overall what it felt like in Vegas, along with what has to happen in game two and beyond. Matthew, you were there for that game one of the semifinals. Did it have the appropriately intense feeling of a final four matchup here in the WNBA? If I had to say so, I felt like it was more of a – it had a finals feel. Like it was just two teams that are really, really good, two teams that are just – I mean, they're so many stars on the floor, right? Seven former number one overall picks. You have, you know, people who can score at every level, stars on at rebounding, at passing. It Just everything was such a great, you know, battle back and forth. And it wasn't the highest scoring game by any means, but that's what happens in a game one, right? Both teams had a week off. Both teams were going to have some struggles to put the ball in the basket early for the aces later on down the stretch in the second half for the storm. But it was just such a great basketball game, right? You had big shots. You had big plays offensively and defensively. You had both teams sort of trading baskets at the end. Um, I think for the aces, like the crowd, the atmosphere was amazing playoff record, for fans' attendance, they were only like 50 people away from their overall record for fan attendance, which they happened to break in Subert's last regular season game. The game was like two weeks ago mm-hmm. at home. Um, but they just got off to a slow start, and it's something that's plagued them in some of their losses during the regular season. And they just fell behind a little too much after that first quarter, and they dug out of the hole to take the lead, but I think they used all the energy to retake the lead. And then you could just sort of saw late in the game some turnovers, some miscues on defense, and I think they were just low on energy in that last couple of minutes. And the Storm looked like the more veteran team, right? They looked like the team that had been to the finals, that had won a championship when the Aces retook the lead there late in the game. So what's interesting to me, and we'll get into some of the details of who did what and how, but early on, not only did the Aces fall behind 13-4 to after the first three and a half minutes, but, and Becky Hammond was quick to talk about this, they gave up. 26 in the first quarter alone. So what does that tell you about the way in which the Aces came out? You know, you fight all year to get this kind of advantage, to get the three home games effectively in this semifinal. What do you account for their being so flat, so so much so early on both ends of the floor? So I went and looked at this after the game because this is not a new phenomenon. The Aces have had a couple of 
games where they've come out flat. Four of their 10 regular season losses, at the end of the first quarter, they trailed by seven or more. Interesting. There was a game against Dallas. There was a game against Minnesota, a game against Atlanta, and a game against Connecticut. So -hmm. all teams that were either almost playoff teams or playoff teams where they came out slow and then they just sort of – it just led to a, a game where they couldn't make the comeback and win the game. And the Aces this year haven't been amazing at home. Like they're not this home wrecking team. They are honestly a little bit better on the road. And Becky Hammond says that at times, like I like us better on the road sometimes, which is a little bit weird for, you know, a team that has a great fan base in it in Las Vegas and had gotten a lot of fans, especially to this game. I think, you know, I asked her before the game, I said, you know, neither of these teams have played basketball in a week. Do you expect it to be a little sloppy and hard to play the first five minutes? She said, it wouldn't surprise me if it's an ugly first five minutes. Well, it was, but just for the aces. I think that goes back to the fact that, you know, they've been to the finals one time in sort of this run they've had over the last four years, but they've never really, this is them becoming sort of putting them, them stamp on the WNBA is like, this is our, we're, you know, one of the better teams we can sort of become almost a dynasty and Seattle's been there, right? Sue Bird's been there before. Mm-hmm. Gina Charles is a veteran. Jewel Lloyd and Brianna Stewart are veterans. Like this is a much more veteran team than the aces are. And so Brianna Stewart knows how to step on people's necks. It's something she's done dating back to her Connecticut days. I do think it's worth noting. And you pointed this out. Uh, and my question was really how big a deal is it? You know, we're talking about home, court advantage because the aces were 26 and 10 this year they were 13 and 5 at home and they were 13 and 5 on the road so in a lot of ways despite the energy that you get from that vegas trout which is undeniable it doesn't feel like as big a deal as you know for instance uh, a team that struggled on the road like the storm who were 13 and 5 at home but they were just 9 and 9 away they were effectively a true 500 team do you think it matters less for the aces as a result of this i think it does and i think again you named it like they have a better uh, the same home record as they do road record but for them the biggest thing is just they need to get off to better starts right you saw it even in mm-hmm. game 1 against phoenix right neither team looked very good early offensively in that game. And it was a really sort of ugly grinded out game. And I'm not at all surprised that's how game one went. I think the aces are the kind of team that they just need to get in a rhythm, right? Not playing for a week. They fell out of their rhythm because the way the offense works, it's about ball movement. It's about playing with pace. It's about being in an offensive rhythm, driving, kicking. Seattle did a lot of really good things to make the aces struggle offensively. And Mm -hmm. again, you held Seattle to 76 points. You should win that game because you average 90 points a game. But when you're struggling to score because your your MVP candidate is taking only 10 shots, you're not hitting your outside shots, you're not getting into the paint and kicking out, you're settling for some really not very high quality looks especially in that first quarter they took a lot of threes, a lot of long jumpers and then you're missing these shots and Seattle's running it down your throat. And Seattle's getting out in transition and just killing you in transition. And that was something that Becky Hammond was disgusted by in the postgame, that you are getting outscored in transition 16 to nothing. And there was a, a section of the third quarter where Seattle had three straight fast break baskets. Two were these long passes by, by Super, like football-like passes. And then one of them came off an Aces made basket. Right. So you can't let – another team get on you 16 nothing but then that's also you have to be able to score in transition right and becky talked about they didn't have good angles they didn't have good attacks on their rim raids like 
they weren't doing the right things in, in the fast break to find those points where they're the third best team in the league in fast break points during the regular season. Now Seattle is second, but that doesn't mean that you should be getting outscored in fast break 16 to nothing. It blows my mind, that number. And it's right at the center of your piece, which everyone ought to check out over at thenexthoops.com. But when I was writing a preview on this series, the thing I kept coming back to was, well, look, everything Seattle does well this year, the Aces have done a little better. Uh, so to see Seattle be able to shut that down entirely, uh, that that just, I, I wouldn't have imagined that in a million years. And what was, there was this great quote you had from Becky Hammond on this, right? Where she said, you got to have patience. You got to change your pace sometimes. But I thought we were in a hurry to win the game. So this team that normally plays fast was playing, it seemed almost too fast. How do you fix that? So it's funny because I wrote in my, my article, they needed to play faster. They need to get better in transition, but they also need to slow down. Right. And, offensively they were just trying to play some of them were trying to i think trying to play like you said just playing a little too quickly and mm -hmm. i think you look at it right they had a, a decent amount of turnovers and then seattle did a really good job getting deflections a ton a ton of deflections and sometimes that's because you're just trying to force something that isn't there or needs to a ball fake to make it open mm -hmm. and i'm thinking of a couple of possessions where somebody was trying to throw the ball into asia wilson and either brianna stewart or ezzy megbegore got a nice little deflection and even though the aces retained possession now you're playing catch up right because now you're late in the shot clock now you're trying to get to some sort of action that isn't really ready to be run because you only have six or seven seconds left and i think the other way you slow it down throw the ball inside right like throw it to asia wilson your mvp candidate can't have 10 shots for you to have a chance to win the game you can't have your leading scores asia wilson be three for ten and then kelsey plum if i remember correctly was like eight for 21 you yeah. just you, those two players need to be better offensively, and like Kelsey Plum missed two good looks at the end of the game to tie the game. Yeah, in the post game press conference, Kelsey Plum barely said a word. Like you could tell that she was just so mentally dejected from missing two very important shots to the point where someone asked her, like, "Hey, what was the play last play of the game? You just missed it." She didn't even answer the question. Like she was just so distraught that Chelsea Gray had to answer the question for her, and yeah. I think. If I go back and listen to my post-game press conference, Chelsea, Kelsey Plum answered one question, the entire post-game press conference, just because she takes things so personally. And it wouldn't surprise me if that action that they ran for the game tire, she's going to try to run that action in practice for the next three days straight. Probably that's, 500 to 1,000 times a day. Yeah, she's going to take a, a million shots between now and game two. You're going to get a much, I just think you're going to get a much better overall offensive performance because we saw it, right? Game one against Phoenix was ugly, right? It was gross. <laughs> Neither team could score. Game two, what did the Aces do? They hit a, a, a record for threes in a game. I don't mm -hmm. think they're going to do that again, but you're going to see a much more focused, a much more energized Aces team because, yes, Becky wasn't happy with the fast break defense, but overall, if you hold Seattle to 76 points, I think you have to be happy with your overall defensive effort. They need to clean up the fast break and they got to clean up on the boards because Tina Charles killed them, especially in that first quarter on the offensive glass, but overall on the glass. So we're going to get into some of the details of specific player performances. But first, I need to provide a special message from the NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's OK to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. 
You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. So now let's talk about some of those specific performances, <clears throat> if we can, because they are they're really striking. So in terms of Asia Wilson, this is somebody who averaged 22.8 points per game in her four regular season matchups against Seattle. She shot 53% uh, from the field. In game one, she was three for 10. What did Seattle do differently and how were they able to hold her at bay in a way that they haven't been able to do all season long? They did a really good job of, of just crowding her space, right? Every time she touched the ball, they didn't double team, but they just sort of, they did what, what I would, would call just sort of poking in, right? They just, somebody came in and they stuck a hand in there and they did a really good job of just sort of playing off the people that were making the entry passes, right? A lot of them came from players like Kia Stokes and Ileana Repair, players that the Storm knew we can just take a step off and just sort of guard a little bit back to make the pass really hard, use our length, and really just try to make these entries to Asia Wilson a little more difficult. And the Aces were not really doing a good job of adjusting. And then the other thing they did was when the Aces came off of a ball screen, the post player of the Storm was doing just enough to make it so – it looked like a switch, but really it was just a, 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 a sort of soft hedge to make it so that they couldn't throw an immediate pass to where they wanted to, to get it into Wilson. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they would end up switching. And now the guards for the aces tried to play with the post players and try to take them one-on-one. And so sometimes it worked Like right? Chelsea Gray is amazing at that step back jump shot. She was sure. able to get a couple of those storm players backed up and hit it. But for the most part, the aces guards weren't able to take advantage of that mostly looking at someone like Kelsey Plum with the eight for 21, but the aces, I think need to, what they're going to probably want to do in game two is get Asia Wilson more around that free throw line area, Mm -hmm. clear out the open lane, get her the ball, the free throw line area and say, okay, now you go to work. And the one issue is the storm have really good post defenders, right? Brianna Stewart is a candidate for defensive player of the year. Ezzy Megbegore was a candidate for an all defensive team, but Asia Wilson is, is your MVP kind of player, right? She should be able to score against those players, if not get to the free throw line. And again, she's not getting to the free throw line as much this year as she has in years past. And I don't know how much I would chalk that up to not getting the calls because she still seems to be as aggressive, if not more aggressive. And Becky Hammond has times been like, you know, she, you know, got the line X amount of times this year and this last year and this year that number has gone down, but she's not really changed her style of play. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what is contributing to that, but I think the Aces' number one offensive goal is going to be let's clear out the lane, put the ball in her hands at the free throw line, and let her attack the way she has been so good at her whole career. Simply has to. I, I mean, you go back and it's overly simplifying it, but you look at this team during the regular season, Asia Wilson, and I, I got a real kick out of this, averaged exactly the same amount of points per game as Brianna Stewart did in those matchups. They were both at exactly 22.8. And in game one, Seattle wins by three, but Stewart outscores Wilson 24 to eight. If you have even rough parity between those two, that's a game that Las Vegas wins and relatively easily. I do want to point out, and you point, you mentioned it, there's actually even more than that. It was Chelsea Plum was eight for 23. She was two for 10 from three-point range. I would 
hesitate to imagine that there has been a game, very many games, that Kelsey Plum has missed eight three-point shots in her entire career at any level. So you just go back to that and simple normalizing of what you typically expect from Kelsey Plum, and you would have to imagine that, too, would help Las Vegas on the offensive end in game two. But, yeah, it's true. It's the playoffs, and like you said, this is a Seattle team, I think, understands what it takes to win in these moments. And Las Vegas still needs to show that it is capable of doing the same thing. So are those the two biggest indicators for you? Or are there any others just on the offensive side? Because like you said, you hold Seattle to 76, you're doing a very good job. You hold Sue Bird to one of six from the field and two points, although 12 assists, you know, typical Sue Bird distributing game. Uh, you are doing a very good job. Tina Charles, six for 18. There were a lot of ways in which Vegas has to be happy with what they did defensively, especially after that first quarter. On the offensive end, are there any other places where you need to see more from Las Vegas? I think they need to take better quality shots, especially early in the game. If you look at it, I'm pretty sure they took almost the same number of threes as Seattle, and I think they made the same number of threes. But if you mm-hmm. look at the kind of threes they were taking, they weren't like the kind of looks that you want. They weren't driving the paint and kicking it out. They weren't yeah. forcing them to sort of have to play a lot more defense. It was a lot of like, oh, I feel kind of open. Let me shoot it. And then it was long rebounds, which led to transition points for Seattle. So right. I think if you're the aces, right, you need to take a better quality of shot, especially early in the game. Take shots that are more in the offense. Work your actions, right? They were really just sort of going – one-sided action and then trying to take a shot they weren't Mm -hmm. really going side to side working their actions doing what they do best on offense which is getting deep making passes kicking it out being assisting their teammates and it turned a little bit into one-on-one basketball at times which they're not going to win that's not how you're going to beat the seattle storm team you're going to have to play team basketball on the offensive end share the ball make the right reads and a couple times when they made that run they made the right reads because asia wilson throws a cross-court pass out of a double team to Kelsey Plum for a three. Then the next session, it's a kick to Raquana Williams in the corner for a three that gives them the lead. So when they're getting that ball movement, they're moving it side to side, they're attacking and kicking, that's when they're at their best offensively when they're sharing the ball. So better shot selection and just really focusing on sharing the ball and just, you know, again, Kelsey Plum is always going to take her shots, but, you know, she's better when she's taking shots in the rhythm of the offense. And sometimes she does hit those ones where she's just like, all right, I'm feeling it right now. I have an advantage. Let me pull up and shoot this. But I think they need to sort of really look at the shot selection and be a little more choice on this is the right shot versus this is the shot I feel is right. Makes sense to me. It does. I'm going to leave you with this question. You know, Wednesday night, we're going to see game two in Las Vegas. I know we said at the top, You know, they're as good at home as they are on the road. So that is of less import. If Vegas doesn't win game two, can they win this series? No. You can't go down 0-2 and then expect to go on the road to Seattle where they know if Sue Bird wins, she keeps getting to play. You have to win. It's a must-win game two for the Aces. And Seattle in their postgame was like, we came here to steal a game. Now, we'd like to steal another one, but I think if you ask any team – at any series, if you steal one road game in those first two, you've done your job. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Seattle is going to come out and play sort of conservatively, but I think they've understood, like, we've regained control. We get to take it back to Seattle for at least two games and have a chance that we win them both to win the series. 
the Aces know we got to win game two, and then we got to steal one back to force a game five here at home. So the team that puts itself in the position of Brianna Stewart controlling her own playoff destiny at home. I say that as somebody who's covered her for a very long time. Yeah, and I think the Aces are going to come in with a little bit more firepower, a little more passion, understanding like we need to win this game because we cannot fall down 0-2. We have to be able to force this series into a tie to go there and play on the road where, again, we just need to win one game. Mm-hmm. you got to make it so you just need to win one out of two, and then you can come back home again. And I think for the Aces, right, this is where they need to show, okay, we're the number one seed. We have four All-Stars on our roster. We need to be the team that we know we can be, and that means we need to play with each other. We need to pass the ball. We need to find open shots for our teammates, and we need to do what we did defensively throughout that first game. Because the players said, like, we can sort of hang our hat. Like, yes, we did a good job on defense. There's things we can still clean up on that side of the ball, but Mm -hmm. we need to be better as a group, as a unit on offense. So I think, again, there are always going to be adjustments made. Everyone's going to make an adjustment here and there throughout a series, right? That's why you play a series. Everybody's got to make adjustments. But for the Aces, I think offensively, things are going to have to change. And it's going to have to be sharing the ball, better shot selection, and let the MVP shoot more. She should be – and Asia Wilson at times is talking about, like, she doesn't want to shoot the ball 20-plus times a game, but it's got to be more than 10. Yeah. you got to give her 15 shots. Again, I don't think she scored until late into that first quarter, and she took one shot in the fourth quarter. Your MVP can't be taking one shot in the fourth quarter in a game that ended up a three-point game. Not when, not when it's Asia Wilson, and I'm sure she will do that. It'd be fascinating to see what Becky Hammond does in terms of adjusting going into game two. I cannot wait. This is a fantastic series, and I'm very excited these two are matched up. Uh, I do want to thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Uh, something interesting uh, that's come across my radar, while obviously Seattle and Las Vegas have – Uh, WNBA teams. They don't have teams in this uh, new up-and-coming league uh, called the NBA, the National Basketball Association. Uh, Matthew, I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's uh, a place where men uh, get the chance to play professional basketball. Obviously, you know, it's great to see uh, men finally getting uh, some opportunities in the sports space. But if you want to stay up to date on it, you know, get your latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked on NBA. That's Locked on NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. For those listeners who are not watching us on YouTube, you can follow Matthew's incredible work at Matthew Walter 96. I want to thank you, Matthew, for all the great work you're doing covering the Aces and uh, really looking forward to speaking with you again soon. Awesome. Thank you, Howard. Always enjoy being here. And make sure you're listening to us tomorrow and every day, Lockdown Women's Basketball, providing your daily podcast on the women's basketball space. I'm Howard Magdal, wishing you a wonderful Tuesday. are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.